I'm done. I'm done asking for permission. I'm done waiting for someone else to say that I can. I'm done with watering down my truth. I'm done with swallowing my voice. And I'm done with living inside a box that's too small to breathe in. And guess what? The access point out of all that, it starts with me and it starts now. I give myself full permission to rise into a whole new space of being in the world, to a new level of honoring my truth, a new level of allowing my wisdom, a new level of dropping into my power, a new level of trusting where my soul is leading me. And I get it. I get it. Stuff's going to come up. Things will happen and people will say stuff. There'll be times when the noise in my head screams at me so loud. I'm on the wrong path. It's too hard. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And that noise could get so loud that it's hard to hear my voice. But guess what? Those moments, they're not going to stop me. In fact, they're going to open me up. Every time they'll remind me to dig deeper. They'll whisper to me, let go, darling. Trust, you've got this. In fact, there'll be the moments that will lead me to embodying in my bones what I've already known in my heart. Trust, self-compassion, unwavering commitment, and the power of love. And I'll tell you this, there's something they sure as hell won't do. They will not define me. Because you know what? I truly get that everything I want, it all starts with me and my courage to give myself full permission to rise. This is Strength Agenda Radio, the podcast where the strong go to get smarter. Each episode features some of the most interesting athletes and coaches in the strength world, sharing their favorite stories, expertise, biggest mistakes, and training tips. And now, here's your host, Tom Soroka. That was my beautiful wife, Beth, quoting a speech from Kate Marie O'Brien. Episode 12 of Strength Agenda Radio kicks off with a true pioneer and all-around badass in women's strength sports, Adrienne Wilson. I'll let her tell her story, but wanted to touch on the tremendous shift for the better we are seeing with women in regards to strength and beauty. How often have you heard the phrase, don't lift weights or you'll get too bulky, or you'll get too manly looking, in reference to a girl wanting to take up strength training? How many women and young girls are getting teased, talked down to, or simply turned away for taking an interest in strength over 5Ks and yoga classes? There's nothing wrong with any of these endeavors, but if their male counterparts are so free to choose what they want to participate in, why are women confined to a specific box in our society? From Jan Todd being the first and only woman to lift the Denny Stones, to Billie Jean King winning the Battle of the Sexes tennis match against Bobby Riggs, to the 2015 U.S. National Women's Soccer Team, enamoring the country with the most-watched soccer event in U.S. history, women are doing things bigger and better in sport, with the bar getting reset every time they step on the competition floor. We need this. This needs to keep going. Progress cannot be stopped. So next time you see a girl getting teased, or hear of a woman being turned away because she shouldn't be doing this, be the one to keep the progress marching forward. Now, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. So let's grab your headphones, get some coffee, and enjoy episode 12 of Strength Agenda Radio. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. (laughs) Woo! All right, boys and girls, this might not come as a surprise to you, but I'm a bigger guy, and I have been for years. I remember the first time I had to take one of those medical exams to get life insurance. I scored horribly. 
Not because I wasn't healthy or fit, but because traditional insurance companies evaluate your health on an outdated standard called the BMI. Newsflash, that's not a great indicator of health for somebody who lifts weights or works out on a regular basis. So I've partnered up with Health IQ because I 100% believe in what they're doing. Rather than going the traditional route, Health IQ is a life insurance agency that offers exclusive rates to those that can demonstrate they know what a healthy lifestyle is and prove it through various methods like their Health IQ quiz, data from your fitness apps, and other unique ways. The advantage of working with Health IQ is that their unique mortality model is based on ensuring the health conscious and that they have lower rates for health conscious people, like a good driver gets on savings with auto insurance, and unique underwriting, replacing the BMI with waist to hip ratio, cholesterol calculations, and other methods. Stop paying more than you need to, or worse, avoid getting life insurance altogether because you're afraid you won't qualify for great rates. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, and that can be you too. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com agenda, or mention the promo code agenda when you talk to a Health IQ agent. According to studies, lifting reduces your risk of heart disease and type 2 diabetes, among other benefits, like, you know, having awesome videos to post on Instagram. But Instagram views and followers won't be able to help you save money on your life insurance. So head on over to healthiq.com to learn more and get your free quote today. Welcome to Strength Agenda Radio. I am Tom Soroka, and today I have a very special guest on. Um, somebody, it's a, she's, originally I met her as a shot putter. Um, then I ran into her at Sornex Summer Strong 8, I believe, when she was dabbling in weightlifting and power cleaning and power snatching more weight than anybody at the competition. Um, today's guest is Adrian Wilson. Adrian, how are you doing? Hi, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> You're hanging in there, recovering from surgery and all. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Many years. So, many years of competing. <laughs> <laughs> many years. Yeah, absolutely. So, for those who don't know, Adrian, go start from the beginning. Give us a little bit of background on yourself because you have what I consider, like I said, a really cool um, winding road into, through strength athletics and athletics in general. Like I said, you were you were a shot putter originally. That's when I first heard of you. Um, and you were one of the very few elite shot putters that was using the glide technique. So that's uh, why I started following you originally, watching everything that you were doing. And then you started doing Highland Games, and then you tried weightlifting. And just let's let's hear it. How <laughs> did you get to the current situation? Well, I, when I meet someone new, I always ask them, what's your 30-second life story? And it just kind of people get a little shocked like oh um all right so they pick out the, the most basic things the things that are important to them so that's that's kind of what i i'll mm -hmm. kind of run through it as my 30 second life story um grew up in ohio uh, was really active in you know golf softball um our family had a boat so it was a lot of water sports you know and just always active um but in school i found out that i I uh, really liked throwing the shots at discus. My sister, she did it when, when she was two years older. She is two years older than I am. Um, and so from then on, everything turned into track and field, and the field particularly. <laughs> I didn't like running. Uh, fast forward, I got a scholarship to go to Ashland University, a D2 school up in Ohio, uh, just north of Columbus. Um, it, was, it was perfect for me. Um, it was the right size, the right distance away from home. Um, I had recently lost my dad right before my senior year in high school, so I didn't really, really want to go too far from home because uh, I was very close to my mom and my sister too. That and was, that's, that's when, Morgan, right? yeah, and that's when my life changed. That's when, you know, track and field became my 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 almost my identity because I 
was really lost trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, you know, you know, going into your senior year in high school and having a tragedy like that, you you kind of just either you find your path or you kind of float. And so I kind of floated for a while until I got to to Ashland. Um, I studied PE and health and nice. didn't really know what I wanted to do with it because I was more interested in my, like you know, exercise phys, but they didn't really have it back then. They do now, but, um, ex- or sorry, um, phys ed and health is kind of the closest thing ever. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, but I would say my main major was throwing. <laughs> yeah. I would see, uh, my, my big kickoff to the fact that I just, I love to train. Uh, I love to, to lift, to throw, to compete, to be in that atmosphere and that environment. Um, and at that point, Judd was training for his fourth Olympics and to train alongside someone who has that kind of success, that kind of dedication, you know, it puts everything in perspective. You, you find out your strengths, you find your weaknesses, and then you have, we had this amazing training group. Um, my teammates, my, you know, educators, you know, people in Ashland, it was just an incredible community. And so that's when I, I really started to blossom as, a shot putter. <laughs> uh, in high school, I was more of a discus thrower. Uh, my best in high school was 153. I was um, 41.11 in, in the shot put, which is you know pretty decent for a, for a high school kid. But yeah, that's really good for a high school kid, uh, especially in South Carolina. They're terrible here. <laughs> but oh, um, <laughs> Ohio is the place to be for throwing, and so fortunately, so I found heard. my my place. Yeah, I found my place at Ashland, and just. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have had any, that kind of success anywhere else. It was just so special. That, that time was just very special as far as the training group and, and just that environment that Coach Logan and, and Coach Gallagher created. Um, yeah, I mean, for those who aren't aware, if you are a thrower, I, would, I mean, nowadays I would say it might not have been quite there yet when you were there, but Ashland is, for college in particular, in my opinion, is one of like the meccas in terms of throwers, like the, just the, the the sheer number of <laughs> stud throwers that Judd has turned out over the years mm-hmm. is just, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like almost every other year he's got a thrower that's going to break the national record in yep. one of the throwing events. <laughs> like, yep. it's just, it's insane. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, they're throwers that, like, you didn't hear about in high school. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, these, like, highly recruited, highly touted, like, throwers coming out of the prep ranks. They're just a bunch of hardworking kids and Judd obviously has a system in place that works. And so that was actually one of the places I wanted to go when I was looking at schools, but I'm like, there's just, you know what, that's just not probably going to work out. So, but it was always really cool to watch the Ashland throwers, no matter which ones they were at any meet that you got to see them. And then to see Judd in action, he's probably one of my inspirations in terms of just the energy he brings to a meet. I mean, he gets just about as amped up for his throwers oh, to gosh, go yeah. as, yeah. as you know, the thrower themselves would. And it was really cool to watch. So if you can, um, <laughs> the one video in particular, I can't, I think it was Brian Vickers when he threw 60 feet indoors. Oh, uh, and he jumps up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he like literally, <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> he hurdled the, 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 the little like tape they had. Yeah. To keep the coaches back, Judd hurdles it and then jumps on Brian after he hit that throw, or 64 feet, to break yeah. the indoor national record. Yeah. Yeah. And so just stuff like that. Go look up that video because it's a pretty funny video, and it, it pretty much wraps up Judd in a nutshell, I think, in terms of yeah. you know his passion for coaching. Yeah, it's that energy. You, you, can't, you can't duplicate. You can't 
imitate. It's just, it's so pure and just it yeah. hits you in the feels, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so how, how did college go for you? Let's let, let, like I said, I told you before when I messaged you, like brag on yourself here. You got a couple uh, of Americans. You got I some do. records and stuff. Let's hear it. I do. Um, in my college career, I was a 13-time All-American. Um, that's indoor and outdoor seasons with indoor and outdoor shot puts, um, the weight throw, uh, discus, and hammer. So I did nice. throw the javelin. I wasn't very good. So I did that just for that uh, for conference. But um, I'm very proud to say that I had seven national titles and six runner-up honors. So of all my All-Americans, it's either first or second. And First or second either went to me or went to my roommate Jackie <laughs> most of the that's time. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's the kind of, you know, group we had. Jackie and I were, you know, quite the pair. We we fed off each other. We, you know, pushed each other. But it was just in such a supportive way that, I, I mean, really, she was my my best training partner in a, in a pretty crucial time of my development as an athlete. Yeah. And uh, I think we both complement each other very well. Um, but uh, I did achieve the indoor and outdoor national NCAA Division II um, shot put records. Uh, nice. At one point, I, I still have those. Uh, there's a gal out in Washington who's probably going to snag it this year. I, I hope so. Because what's there for? <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, also, I, um, I at one point did have the discus record as well. So nice, very record. cool. Um, my my best in college was 59 feet quarter of an inch in the shot put. Um, so I went from a little 41-foot thrower to 59 feet. Um, because you guys don't increase the size of your implement. From nope, we get to, to keep the 4K the whole time. That's so, um, <laughs> I wish we as well. <laughs> um, and I attribute a lot of that to, to the weight room because in, in high school, I was that that 140-pound kid who, you know, I, I was pretty, I guess you could call lean. I was, you know, I had this natural strength to me, but it wasn't anything – yeah. crazy but i was always was always a fast and so my speed really helped out um so, so when i a, no go ahead i was gonna say like that was actually and, what got me going or got me like starting to pay attention to you is on nazga like i was finishing up college started doing the highland games and you were still in the, the olympic hunt and people mm -hmm. would post like videos of you benching or squatting <laughs> or something like that and i was like holy probably not crap. squatting <laughs> I was some sort of a lifting video of yours, and then on top of like your training, I was just like, "Holy crap, this girl is strong." Well, I was very pleased with my development when I when I figured out the weight room was my friend because I I, so. I really didn't have a whole lot of experience in high school because I didn't want to be big. I didn't want to be that the big girl. I didn't want to look yeah. too muscular. You know, it was just mm -hmm. that was the mentality that I I I had growing up, and and I, I was already you know kind of lean, and and I was happy with that. I didn't really realized the benefit of training you know it just yeah it just wasn't it wasn't a thing and then i got to an environment where it was it was nurtured it was it was taught it was you know, you know i all of a sudden saw the results i'm like oh i i really like how my body's developing i really like the strength i like the speed i like how much farther the implement's going you know yeah, that's and, always a nice benefit and all of a sudden i'm like this is pretty cool this is pretty cool so um, I did put on my, you know, freshman 20, but the good kind, you know, yeah, and exactly. all of a sudden, you know, my whole perspective on training changed. You know, I, I had this family, I had this training group, I had, you know, school, yay, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was my, it was my place. And and I'm, I was really fortunate that I, I found my, my little niche and, and, nice. and, and where I needed to be. All right. So, so. college finishes up highly decorated and all that. 
what did you do after that? How did, how, where, where did you go? You talked about, you know, your PE degree, but you were mm-hmm. really a major in throwing. So, like, what was what I was majored in throwing. Sure did. Um, so, I actually timed it up pretty well that I had to do my student teaching in the fall of 2003. So, I didn't have oh, to worry you're about. lucky. Uh, I know. Yeah, I was able to work that out so that um, in the fall of 2003, I just had to do student teaching and I could prep for 2004 trials. And yeah. So, then. You know, I graduate in December, and then I have, you know, all the time in the world to just train. And uh, so in the fall of 2003, I was doing student teaching, and that's when, you know, my life changed because I uh, started having a hard time with fall conditioning. You know, breathing was getting tough. I was like, I was getting really out of shape, I guess. You know, let's work a little bit harder. And uh, there was one workout that, you know, we call British Circuit that was, you know, today's CrossFit and yes. I was done. I couldn't go through the workout and that never happened. So yeah. um, I went to the student health center. They sent me to the local hospital for a chest x-ray. Um, they said, well, maybe we should do a CAT scan. And at that point, um, our head coach was amazing. Uh, Bill Gallagher, he had started a track club so that all the post-collegiates and the, you know the collegiates that were still competing could train at the university, you know, without a lot of the red tape because, you know, just NCAA rules, stuff like that. So he was able to yeah. do things in a way that was beneficial to everybody because we were kind of assistant coaches too. Yeah. Uh, part of our deal was health insurance. and That's awesome. It started a month before I found out that I had cancer. <laughs> so oh, wow. um, I used my new health insurance to get myself a CAT scan. Um when I got the results after student teaching one day, the nurse was like, so I don't know how, well, let's see. Um, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, you have a mask covering two thirds of your chest and you need to see a thoracic surgeon. We don't have those in Ashland. So you probably need to go to your hometown, go somewhere else and you know get this worked out. So wow. uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a shock. So I, I called my mom, I called, we called our, our family doctor, we got things set up, so I went to student teaching the next day, um, afterwards, hopped in the car, drove with Youngstown, uh, or sorry, I, I drove, yeah, I drove with Youngstown, and, and met with a thoracic surgeon, and basically, he's like, okay, so here's the deal, this, that, and the other thing, let's, we're going to get you started with a, you know, chemo, and, and, you know, that's the deal, and I said, well, chemo means cancer, he's like, yeah, 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 you know, I, I'm, you know, this is all paraphrasing, of course, but yeah. <laughs> it was, was kind of casual how everything went down. But um, he said, yeah, I'm um, pretty sure, I mean, without a CAT scan, you know, I'm, I'm 99% sure that you know, these have Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh and God. so that was when things changed. I yeah. I had to, I went to Cleveland Clinic and got a second opinion, same deal. You know, I got, you know, all the scans, I got the PET scans, I got the, the bone marrow test, I got every test under the sun, and yeah. and the next week I was signed up at a, an oncology department. So um, my big plan of, okay, 2003, you know, finishing up, let's get a good good season uh, starter going, and in 2004, it's, it's, it's full go. But um, yeah. there were other plans involved, so. Yeah, absolutely. That's when, you know, I had I had to forego my, my student teaching, and... I went back home, and my mom take, took care of me. I went through six months of chemo. Um, I spent half the time at home and half the time back in Ashland just with my, my chemo schedule because that's where I wanted to be. You know, that's where I yeah, felt absolutely. comfortable, and that, that was my home too. So yeah. um, fast forward, went through all the chemo jazz, and 
awful. It was not a lot of fun. There were some really bad days. There were some, you know, not so bad days, but I can remember, you know, taking about three months off of completely, you know, no training at all. Um, yeah. Well, it must have been murder mentally. Just going to practice and watching everybody else train. You know, it was yeah. crushing, crushing me. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was so hard to not be able to do anything, you know, and by January of 2004, um, Judd had and called in a favor. Um, he was a former athlete, well, a, just a, a very good friend as well, of Charles Poliquin. And Charles is, you know, world-renowned as a, an incredible strength coach. Yeah. Um, Judd was a, an old athlete of Poliquin's? Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. mm-hmm. That's awesome. I didn't know um, that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And a lot of his, his programming is, is based off of Charles' work, and, you know, I still use a lot of it today. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I so he gave Charles people... a call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, saying, I think a lot of I mean, people everybody, everybody either loves Charles or they just they want to bash him. And, and I'm, I'm a love – I love Charles. I, I will yeah. forever hold him in my debt because, you know, just what he did for me. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, so he, uh, Judd called in a favor said, Charles, I got someone for you. Uh, I need your help. And he's like, come on out. So uh, Judd and I flew out to Arizona where he had a, a sports performance in Tempe um, Center there. And um, I met with Charles. Um, he did, you know, you know, body fat testing. He did some, um, you know, vitamin drip, you know, and you know, all sorts of things just to get me to the point where I could, you know, make it through a workout without mm-hmm. getting sick, you know, or just I had some energy. And, and so he took – upon himself to start writing my one programs and you know helping with the nutritional protocol and, and supplement protocol and mm-hmm. and everything under the sun to, to help me just make it through the day so I could train you know yeah, and so I, I uh, went back and forth to Arizona maybe, maybe once a month um, to train there um, and then the rest of the time I was at Ashland or, or home yeah. Uh, depending on like my, my chemo schedule and that sort of thing, and I trained. I I did the best I could. Um, again, there were some days that were very promising, and some days that were just terrible, <laughs> just yeah, horrible. Yeah. Um, and I made it to um, I I made it to my first meet, and got back into it. You know, it was down in the Sea Ray Relays down in Tennessee, and mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite meets to go to. It was kind of a treat for us to to go down there and. You know, I I performed well. I I believe I threw over 50 feet, and that was my goal. You know, this was you know ages ago now, but <laughs> yeah. um, and I qualified for the trials, so that was my big deal. I wanted to qualify for the trials because it was my goal. I I yeah. went in. That's what you I, trained for. 2003, I was having the best year of my life. You know, I was finishing top three, top four in the U.S. Um, you know, I was ranked really super high and and i i thought i was a favorite to to go to greece in 04 and yeah that was my deal and so for me to all of a sudden say okay we're, we're gonna see if you can you know make it through the week without getting sick you know or mm-hmm. you know i dropped a ton of weight a lot of ton lost a ton of muscle lost you know everything i worked for was just not gone but it was not there. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. So um, I didn't. I didn't make it to the trials. Um, and you know, I I wore my I kick cancer's ass T-shirt because I was cleared from the doctor um, that I had. You know, the cancer was gone, and I had just you know kept following up with the doctor. But you know, it was just an achievement to be there to to qualify to you know still 
travel with our, my, my team and, and, you know, finally make it to the big shows. My first appearance at, at an Olympic trial. And, Absolutely. um, so I, I ended up finishing fifth, <laughs> I finished fifth, you know, a couple of months after finishing chemo. That's and, amazing. I do remember, you know, I, I, I do remember a big deal being made about that. And that was another thing that was like really cool to watch yeah. from afar. You know, you see somebody that you're a fan of, you root for and all that stuff. And to ha- even regardless of, you know, the chemo and all the other stuff you dealt with finishing fifth at, in the U S at our Olympic trials is a, is a, mm-hmm. is a really good accomplishment. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I mean, of course I was a little off of the IAAF standard, but you know, that's, we're not talking about that. <laughs> but just, I made it and I, and I finished fifth. So, um, you know, when I was, when I was getting healthier, then I said, you know what, I still, I still, I know I have it. I, it's still yeah. in my heart that this is what I want to do. And so I continue to train and, um, I stayed in Ashland for another year and figured that it was time for me to, you know, kind of spread my wings. You know, Judd and I had many heart to hearts about, you know, what my plans were, were going to be and, and how my development would, might be better under someone else's eye. So yeah. I, I was still training with Charles and going back to Arizona frequently. And he says, what would you think about training out there full time? And I said, that's a big move. Because yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, I went from growing up in the same house I grew up in when I was born, you know, to, yeah. you know, Ashland, only 100 miles away. And he's like, that's moved you to Arizona, you know, and then that was a huge deal for me. So I considered it, you know, I talked you know, over my mom, I talked it over with, you know, Judd and my, you know, all sorts of things. And um, I discovered that Ashland was definitely a safe place for me. Yeah. And I, I, I could stay there as long as I wanted. Judd said, you know, he had open arms anytime. He, I, I didn't have to move. I didn't have to, to train anywhere else. And, yeah. um, but he encouraged me to kind of spread my wings. So um, I did end up moving out to Arizona and set up shop there. I was training at Charles's um, uh, Performance Center in Tempe, and I had hooked up with Bill Godina uh, through Derek Woodski. He hooked that up um, for me to have a technical coach. And nice. Bill Godina is the father of John Godina, yeah, the most decorated shot putter. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So you kind of had a good deal uh, there. Was, yeah, yeah. Was Dave so, Double out there at that point yet, or no? He was. Dave was at Arizona State, um, okay. and he was just beginning his program. It was really starting to come on. Um, okay. Uh, and um, so I did have the option to, you know, because I, I contacted Dave first. Yeah. And Dave said, you know, I'm I'm really, I, I don't have the extra time to work with any post-collegiates right now, um, but you're welcome to, to come out to any meets. We'd love to have you. You know, it's yeah, just, absolutely. you know, um, I don't have that particular time to work with you one-on-one. And so yeah. it really worked out that Bill, he's a retired um, colonel in the Army. You know, everybody calls yeah. him the colonel. Um, I met with um, he and his wife at their home with my mom, and they were just so welcoming and just so excited to to be involved. And, you yeah. know, it was just, this is all based on just a, a quick recommendation from Derek Witzke, you know, That's and awesome. – and Derek knew him, knew Coach um, Kadena from Ironwood Camps, um, from was when he was at Wyoming, you know. And so, of course, you know, there was uh, that relationship there. But um, so I moved out to Arizona. I trained with the Colonel, you know, maybe three days a week. And I was doing my strength training at, at Charles' place. And then that lasted maybe a month because then Charles actually closed that center because um, um, he had to move back up to Colorado, and it just was 
kind of kind of a mess. I didn't have a place to train um, yeah. that I, I was planning on. You know, it was, it was really kind of quick. All of a sudden, I, I didn't have my gym. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Charles, he was like, he was, he was, uh, he was very helpful. He set me up with another gym in the area. Um, it wasn't a sports performance gym. I uh, fortunately I had like my own bumpers and my own Alika bar. And so I took that with me in my truck or my um, my car and took it to this gym and would pack it back up in the car and, and you know take it back to my house because it wasn't that kind of gym. It was just like a little um, you know one on one personal training gym that had yeah, just yeah. lots of machines. So I made it work. And yeah, absolutely. At that point, it was getting a little harder, and so um, John, I, I'd, I'd run into John often, you know, with his parents there, and and we we became better friends and. And I got to, you know, train with him on an occasion because John was still training a little bit too. And um, he's like, Adrian, why don't you, why don't you meet me down at ASU? Um, we're gonna, we're gonna go train, you know, down the gym there. I'm like, in the weight room there. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, you know. So I, I jumped at the chance, uh, and I started training with John and his training group just a little more frequently. Yeah. And um, I still had some of my programming from Charles, um, but it was just a little bit more convenient to start doing what John was doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then all of a sudden, John's like, well, do you want me to start doing your programming? I'm like, how do I work this? You know, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't know, you know, the pro- proper protocol, yeah. you know what I mean? Charles has been so great to me for so many years, and, you know, but it was getting more difficult to, to connect and, you know, get mm-hmm. updates and, you know, and this was, Charles was doing this, you know, out of the goodness of his heart. So I, I didn't want to take advantage of that too much. And, and yeah, so I said, okay, John, you know, I'm going to hire you, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I'm going to yeah. make it work. So I hired John and, you know, from then on I was doing all my strength training with John and all my technical work with his dad. And it was an amazing That's awesome. relationship, you know, you know, and so I, I learned more uh, about the coaching aspect. I would, I really say that my experience in Arizona was, uh, it helped me become a better coach because yeah. they were shot put and discus specialists. Yeah. And coming from Hammer U at Ashland, you know, I I had an amazing coaching coach there with yeah. with Coach Logan, uh, but he himself said, "I'm a hammer guy." <laughs> I know, I know, you know. I mean, he was through shot put and discus in college too, but he's like, "I'm a hammer guy." You know, this is this is now probably the, the best thing for you to to find. Now, did this Venus. did this predate the World Throw Center? It did. Uh, actually, <laughs> I was part of um, the World Center uh, when it was in his neighbor's casita <laughs> and well, his only, garage. You know, yeah, so I was. So, so, so the only reason I ask is because it's it's really funny you mentioned that when I was graduating school, um, I wanted to just at least try and continue throwing um, for as long as possible till I had to accept it and get into the real world. And I don't remember how. John and I got in touch, but I just, we just started talking on Facebook one day and he pretty much like, he, I, he had seen a couple of videos that I had posted and all that stuff and they're primarily shot put. And he's like, yeah, no offense. He goes, uh, you're going to have to either learn how to spin or pick a different discipline. Like if you want to <laughs> make it. And I was just like, well, I said, I, I, and then I sent him some of my hammer throw videos and he's like, I can work with that. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And so he just, without like formally meeting, he just invited me. He's like, you can come out. You know, he goes, obviously, you got to figure stuff out for your own, like, you know, a place to stay, all that. But he goes, you're more than welcome. Because at this time, he had just started the World Throw Center. Yeah. And was like, and, you come I mean, out I'm, and I'm so thrilled for him because it just, 
it, I, he just is, is thriving in that in that environment too. You know, he, yeah. he is an outstanding coach. Uh, I really I really learned so much from John. That's awesome. And I'm I'm really grateful for my experience there. Yeah, but he, like, he, invite, he invited me out there, and I was just like, oh, okay, and then I ended up not, and long story short, I did weightlifting and other stuff, but that's really cool to see. Like, I didn't realize he did that much coaching before the throw center, because I mm-hmm, remember mm-hmm. he had made another run in 2012 in the mm-hmm. discus, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's, because he was another Or, it was 2008. Eight, 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 yeah. Yeah, something. it was eight, mm-hmm, because that's uh, right in the tail end when I was out there. Yeah, him um, and, uh, um. Adam Nelson, we're just two growers, and Reese mm-hmm. Hoffa, those were the three guys that I always, on the guy side, that I just loved watching and all that stuff, and we had Adam on in the last uh, episode, and it was just, yeah, a lot of him talk, or in the last season, a lot of that was the same stuff you were talking about, it's like, you just, you find a way to make it work, Yeah. so that's really cool mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, but I mean, just my experience in Arizona, it, it shaped me in, in different ways, I, I grew yeah. as an athlete, because I was a totally different, you know, throwing protocol, a throwing yeah, and training protocol, you know, you know, John had his, his West Coast, you know, UCLA, Art Venegas, you know, just, it was so different than, yeah. than the Judd Logan and, and the Poliquin, you know, just like, it was, it, it really shaped me as a coach uh, awesome. because I had an experience, you know, and I, I dove right in. I knew it was going to take at least two years for me to adjust to something like that. Um, and, and I spent those two years just really trying. Um, <laughs> the Colonel, he, he encouraged me and John encouraged me that, you know what, you're a pretty good glider, yeah, yeah, but we want to see what you can do with the rotation. And, you know, I was already a pretty dis- good discus thrower. Um, working with the colonel, I increased, increased my discus from 181 to 191. So nice. I got 10 feet on my discus working with him. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, all right, well, I, I've learned a lot more about the rotation. Yeah, let's give it a go. So I gave the, the shot put, you know, a good – Months, maybe maybe I gave it the six months, but um, I just couldn't, couldn't couldn't connect with the rotation. You know, I had yeah. two of the best rotational coaches in the gajillion in the world. You know, so um, I I just I learned about it. I appreciate <laughs> it, but it just wasn't my thing. I'm glider for life. So right. um, uh, I did I did pretty well um, those years training in Arizona, um, but my numbers didn't really reflect it. I I. I was a little disappointed with my performances and, you know, yeah. I still competed at 2008 trials. Um, I made it to finals. I, I think that year I was eighth maybe, you know, so I still, still, in, you know, in the mix, but not there. I really, yeah. I really needed some, some different kind of push. Um, I couldn't quite duplicate that, that, that power that, that, you know, I don't know what it was. It just was, just not quite there so yeah. um so, so fast you, forward to to yeah, so you know I, the, <laughs> well um actually john was training a fellow named ryan speckman uh, out of his garage <laughs> and yeah. he's helping them out with just some basic stuff and the something really strange it's called the highland games <laughs> yeah. and you know ryan and, and another buddy uh, mike Sussmark both came up and oh my gosh adrian you'd be so good at the highland games you know summer pearson she's here in town she's an outstanding discus thrower but she's also you know the the top woman in the highland games you know, yeah. this would be so cool if we got another girl to do this i'm like i don't know i'm kind of a shot putter this is my thing yeah. you know highland games sounds cool but i don't know and i was just i just 
I don't know what I was thinking, but um, they took me out and I we just like threw like kettlebells and goofed off and yeah. they're like, well, there's a there's a Highland game, you know, in November just down in Tucson. Why don't you do that one? So um, I did go out and I I trained with Summer and Andrew Hobson yeah. and, and Ryan and Mark Mike uh, Mark uh, Mike and um, I had a blast and yeah. it was it was just you know fun challenging um because you know you're learning eight more events you know kind of yeah, deal. Right, yeah. and and uh i i'm forever grateful for them just having the patience and just the persistence to get me out there because it it again another life-changing experience i i, I learned i was good at something <laughs> something yeah, else right. that that i could train for that was you know i can compete and and have a good time and so, sure enough, uh, that that um, November of two thousand eight, I guess it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I went down to Tucson and, and did my first game. Nice. And I had a blast, and it was um, just and, and just so much fun. Um, because uh, my mom was actually able to go because on that Monday I was planning on driving my car back to Ohio because I, uh-huh. I figured my time for Arizona was done. So yeah. um, that's how I ended my time in Arizona. I, um, that's cool. I started out. You know, coming out and, and training for the shop put, uh, I made a ton of friends, some, some really close friends I'm still friends with now that I, I, I miss dearly. But um, I, I had an amazing experience out there. And when it was time to go, I packed up and went back home to Ashland. And I trained with Judd for another year before I, I got my, um, my first college position at Tiffin University. Very cool, very cool. So, I mean, Highland Games obviously worked out a little bit for you. Obviously, um, uh, no, it was, it was super. It's it's been great. It's been really good. Um, come on, tell people how many world championships you won. <laughs> I won five. Five. Um, a five time five time world champion. Five um, times you've been the world champion. Yeah, it it went all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it was all right. Um, and you know, I've I've traveled more with the Highland Games than I ever did with track and field. You know, track and field is all over the United States, sure. You know, just, you know, go to colleges here and there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Highland Games, I've been, you know, up to the Yukon and Dawson City. I've been yeah. out to Scotland and travel over Scotland. I've been to Iceland. You know, I've been all over, all over the United States. And, you know, it's brought me together to, with some, some incredible people from mm-hmm. across the world. You know, it just, it's been a really fun experience uh, and all i get to do is just put on a kilt and i throw rocks and i you know toss trees it's, it's, yeah right <laughs> it's, it's so, what i do yeah. <laughs> it's my it's my hobby it's my fun it's you know all of a sudden it's it's now something that i can train for and still be competitive with um, yeah. even though the shot put didn't quite work out the way i wanted it to you know right so with, a, of the of the events outside of stone because obviously those are going to be your your, your, your babies <laughs> What what event do you enjoy the most in the Highland Games? For those who don't know, the Highland Games is nine events. So you nine can always events. tell you can always tell when a track person um, signs up for their first Highland Games because they'll be like, "I only am going to do stone and whatever else." And it's like, <laughs> and no, 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 you got to do it all. You got to do it all. So <laughs> yep. Which event is your favorite? Um, I love the heavyweight for distance. Uh, really? For the men, they throw the fifty-six pound yep. weight for distance with one hand, um, and for the women, we throw twenty-eight pounds. You have the world uh, record in that, don't you? Oh, I lost it this year to a, a chick that also went to Ashland University, Jess Bridenthal. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of her. I know. <laughs> um, yes, I, I, um, I was the first 
well, I guess the first female, first you know, professional of the first professionals to throw over fifty feet. In, well, you're the first, uh, uh, yeah, I remember a big deal. We even did about a year, two, two or three years ago, right? When you did that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, I and... just remember a big deal because you did it before the guys did it. I did. And that was that was like the big <laughs> thing. Was like at the time, Matt Vincent, Spencer Tyler was coming on. You had Eric Frazier. You had all these guys. Yeah. That were getting in the high forties, and everybody they was were like, knocking on the door. But yeah, everybody you know, was this, like, "Who's going to get the right feet first? And then you know, you go and throw it. And I'm like, "Well, that settled that debate." <laughs> That's awesome. And though. so I opened the door for everybody else to go ahead and go. And yeah, absolutely. It, so. well, You're welcome, fellas and ladies. But you know, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, just uh, you know, I uh, I really started coming along when I you know kind of took a step back from the shot put and, and did a little bit more of the Highland Games. And mm-hmm. to be honest, actually, the Highland Games helped out my shot put. You know, having those other events to train for and just different, you know, planes of feel. Yeah, just, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was great. So my, my shot put did improve by 2012 a little bit. Um, and unfortunately, I uh, just, you know, again, you know, it wasn't going to work. Um, um, but you still um, I coached. Trials, though, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. I think that year I was... 10th or 12th, so I, I did make it to finals again. So I, I made it to finals in three Olympic trials. Um, I've, I've, I'm proud of that. Uh, I yeah. never quite got that top three, but, you know, I'll take that top five. That was pretty rocking. Um, but, hey, and now I have, you know, five world championships under my belt. I had uh, a couple of world records here and there in the Highland Games. I can still do it until I'm whenever. <laughs> and it's it's been it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. So, so, let, so let me get this straight. Um, Just a, a recap for those who might okay. have been sleeping. Yeah, I know. It's kind of boring. <laughs> 13, yeah, right? 13 All-Americans. Yeah. Multiple national titles. Two national records at the NCAA level. Three Olympic trials with, you know, making it all the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. Five world championships in the Highland Games with multiple world records in that sport. Yeah. That sound about right? And I am the first woman to close the to officially certify oh, in the captain's right, of crush number right. two. <laughs> I forgot about that because that was another I thing. I think that's all like, my accolades right there. <laughs> but like seriously though, that one is a huge deal because I remember when again on Nazga and an Iron Mind when that was posted, I immediately went and pulled out a number two. I'm like, can I crush this thing still? Like I was like, that was a huge deal. Like, yeah, I can now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah, I think the I, I've closed the three. I believe I can't remember it. We had we used to have a set in college that we would always. Yeah. We didn't know what they were. Yeah. We just played around with them, and that was always like you screwing around and all that. And I could close the three. I believe I think it was the three, the two and a half or the three. I don't remember. And uh, Kevin Neese was our throws coach, and nice. And he was always just like giving us crap. He goes, "There are girls in Russia that can do that." And then you're thinking about. It, I said, "No, no, no. <laughs> there's only one girl that can do this right now." <laughs> But, uh, well, but, it was great because, you know, and Ashlyn Judd always had the fun toys. You know, she yeah. always, you know, picks up one thing or another. You know, and we always did some bat, fat bar training. We did we did grip work. We did rolling thunders, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody else did that. that were throwing. No. We, we did it mostly for goofy fun, but also it was for hand health, wrist health, you know, forearm strength. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, as a shot putter, you want to take care of those things. And yeah, uh, a funny story is that uh, I did have a pretty – pretty good grip back then and yeah. i can remember going out and training with charles and they were just goofing off in the gym they took um just a like an easy curl bar and flipped it on its end and you stood on top of a bench and what you had to do is just pretty much do like a, a hub lift or like a pinch grip on, yeah, yeah. on 
the edge and just hold it straight out. Yep. And he's like, okay. So he had another trainer there that he's just trying to show off with. And, and he's like, okay, you do it first. And this guy does it. And he gets it and it drops out. And then Charles does it. And he holds it for a pretty long time. And yeah. then I get up there. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And so I just pick it up and bling, and just lock it in. And yeah. <laughs> I, I swear, Charles' jaw was on the, draw, on the floor for a good you know, 30 seconds. Like, That's what? amazing. I, I, yeah. And that was, that, was, that was like my crowning uh, achievement right there is when I got to, you know, wow Charles for a second. So there that was go. pretty fun. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, we, in the gym yeah. here, we have what we call um, um, our, our dumb lift board, and we just always come up with stupid stuff like that, um, <laughs> just to, like you said, like, just so change it up, trick. but it also does have some carryover. Grip is a huge thing in any sure, sort of yeah. strength sport. Like, if you don't have a strong mm-hmm. grip, like, it, you're going to be in for a long ride. So, I'm, we talk about all your, 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 your extensive list of accomplishments, but taking a step back now, looking at the evolution of sport and then strength sports and like the role women play in that. Um, what have you seen change like for the better? Um, and what would you like to see change like in the future and all that stuff? Like obviously like you've done a lot, you've broken a lot of barriers and you know, walls down and stuff like that. Um, kind of leading the way in, in some fields. Like what, what, what have you seen that has changed that has helped you to do that? And then what would you like to see like in the future change? Well, just based on in, in my experience as the athlete, I went from, you know, the skinny kid not wanting to train because I was afraid of looking too big and too muscular mm-hmm. to now, you know, that I I love the way I look. I, yeah. I love, you know, what I've been able to do to, to train. You know, it took a long time for me to look the way I do, you know, and then, you know, it's, it's not just something that's going to happen overnight or, you know, with, you know, a personal trainer for three months, you know. It, yeah, right. It's something you have to dedicate to, and yeah. and to see, you know, the strength of our women now competing in in CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting, and Absolutely. and in the Highland Games, you know, just yeah. women getting out there and actually training and yeah. and discovering what the female human body can do. That it's, it's yeah, you 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 don't have to train like a man. You don't have no. to you know be super bulky. You can train the way that you're supposed to and what your what your body can allow you know, if it's hormonally or you know just or you know, structurally and I mean things are are different from men and yeah. and when women finally take note of that and and train the way they're supposed to you know gosh I mean there's there's so much they can do and and you know we've pro- proven that with our increased you know world records in the Highland Games there was I think there were three broken last year just yeah. in that last season you know um, and you know, just the now the depth that we have with women in Olympic weightlifting that oh, we man. didn't have before. You and, know, just, I mean, our, speaking from the weightlifting standpoint, our women's team outperforms the men's team, and they haven't been. That's they, so cool. They haven't, they haven't been, <laughs> like well, like the Olympics, for instance. We sent one male to the 2016 Olympics. We sent three females because. Mm-hmm. Olympic slots for weightlifting are based on your performance at previous world championships and the women as a team performed better at the world championships than the men. So we were, we earned more spots on the women's side and I, I'd have to like check obviously the timeline, but I'm almost positive, you know, women's weightlifting hasn't been around not even half as long as, as men's weightlifting has been, especially in the United States. And so to have that in this day and age where, 
that those women team, yes, we have more spots, but it is still just as much of a dogfight for more spots as it is with the men. The men is really cool to see, and, and there's multiple things that you can credit that to, but for as much as people and, rag on it, I think CrossFit is a big proponent of that. It kind mm-hmm, of got mm-hmm. people outside of their comfort zone and was like, this sure. is what women can do. And there are certain like aspects of the CrossFit games that the women do better than the men, like gymnastics mm-hmm. things. There are, some, there are certain gymnastics movies that I watch, and I'm like, I don't care who you are, that's amazing. Right. And it's just, it's really cool. <laughs> oh, to but see we also what... have like, Michelle Carter taking home the gold in the shot. Oh, my, yeah, I forgot about that. How did the hell did I forget about that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, a glider. I'm glad she has a glider. She has a glider. <laughs> she was one that I always, like, I was always hoping she would have that breakthrough. Like, she seemed for a while there, she was just right on the cusp. Like, she would make world teams and Consistent. all that. Consistent. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden, she just had that, um, that Valerie Adams uh, mm. breakthrough. Where, and I mm-hmm. think she's gonna be on that tear for a while now. Hopefully, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm biased because she's an American, um, but <laughs> but it's really cool to see, yeah, for her to break through and win a gold medal. And they had said for a long time, like women in the U.S. were going to have a hard time breaking through, you know, against the Europeans in the shot and stuff like that. And then uh, Stephanie Brown Trafton back in, uh, was it London or was it Beijing that she won London. the gold? It was London. She she I don't know where, London. I, yeah, I don't know where she wins the gold. <laughs> the gold medal in the discus nobody expected that out of her yeah and then here in rio you know michelle carter wins the gold it's like it's just right it's really cool to see the evolution of women's sports and stuff yeah. like that and then sometimes it's just really cool because they do it better than the guys do and yeah that's just a fact like people want to sit there and argue or whatever like fine but um from a from a coaching and a, you know just this looking back st- taking a step back and looking at it, it's just really cool to see that but and I'm, I get promised, it's, it's promising to, to note the age of these women, too, that they're not the young bucks out of college. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's some, some young gals out there that are thrown really far. I yeah. think it took 60, I think it was 60, at least 60 feet to, to be in the top six or seven at the trials, yeah. the U.S. trials yeah. in 2016. That's amazing. And, you know, I mean, there's some younger girls there, but there are also some seasoned veterans, too, mm-hmm. that, you know, just... It's it's there's there's longevity for women in oh, strength absolutely. sports. There there really is. You know, if if we're doing it right, I mean there is. I'm 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 37, so I'm I'm not super old. <laughs> I'm not you know I'm not you know Jess. She's 20 24. Yeah. But I mean I, I I still feel I can hold my own against her in some events. Um, it's just that I'm gonna have to get stronger. <laughs> so so where do you see or what would you like to see? Um. What contributions, what kind of, like, efforts would you like to see moving forward to continue, you know, women in strength sports and athletics in general, just, like, moving in this positive direction that we got to go in? Well, I'm I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of split when it comes to body image, too. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, for a long time, I, I looked this way, just a smaller version, you know, when I was younger. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of body image issues as far as what happens when you start to you know, strength train or, or try to yeah. try to lose weight. I, I was more or less, I just want to be strong. So I, I'd love to just always focus on just being strong. You know, yeah. look the way you look, you know, love right. for you, who you are. Just make sure you're strong. You know? <laughs> That's really, Absolutely. I want, I want the weight to do the talk, the, you know, the barbell. And I want, you know, I want the shot put to, you know, to make your mark. You know, I don't, I don't really think that, you know, the body image thing 
should be focused on as much. You know, everybody has their their Instagram posts and their Transformation Tuesdays, and you know, just it's. I don't really think that's what it's all about. You know, for for women, you know, it's it's more impressive for me to watch. Yeah. You know, a hundred kilo snatch, and I'm like, oh, I would I would love to do that. You know, I I've yeah. never been able to do that. You know, I. I that's that's what I would love to focus on when with women in sports is just is the strength and that's, that's something awesome. that we can all identify with in our own way. Very cool. All right, yeah. so we're gonna move on to the lightning round, but before we do that, okay. we're gonna go ahead and take a break so we can get a word from our sponsors. Oh yeah. Yeah. A little known fact about Hand Armor Chalk is that the owner Tony Mattalone is a former college strength and conditioning coach. Besides having years of experience working in the trenches to create a product like Hand Armor, his idea for his patent-pending formula came out of necessity. Back in his coaching days, he had a few athletes with autoimmune issues that trained alongside the other athletes. Given their health issues, he needed a way to cut down on the spread of germs, and if you've ever been inside a college weight room, you know how tall of a task that can be. Tony set out to create a product that not only can be used individually by his athletes, but was also antimicrobial. Hence, Hand Armor Chalk was born. So whether you're a germaphobe or you're just looking to keep your gym a bit cleaner, go to handarmorchalk.com, check out all the products they have to offer, and get yourself some. Most athlete codes get you 10% off their purchases, but if you use code AGENDA, A-G-E-N-D-A, you save 15% off your Hand Armor order. So go with the Chalk of Champions and choose Hand Armor Chalk for your gym. So our lightning round questions that we do, they have absolutely nothing to do with anything. Um, we've gotten some really funny answers out of these, so I'm really curious to see um, what you come <laughs> up with. Way. Yeah, right? Sorry. So first one, if you had to eliminate one state in the United States to no longer be part of the union, which would it be and why? Ooh. There are no offense probably... taken on this. Oh, no, no. Uh, let's see. Hmm, South Dakota, because I haven't been there yet. So I don't know what it's like. <laughs> That's awesome. You were the first person to answer South Dakota. But don't, isn't okay. that where Mount Rush? Well, no, it's North Dakota. No, it's South Dakota. But sorry, AG. I know AG Kruger's out there right now. So sorry, Is AG. <laughs> All right. So if you were a WWE wrestler, uh, what would your name be? And what would your um, walkout music be? Let's see. Well, I, I loved my, my old Nazca handles, Hell's Bell. Yeah, I love ACDC, and it's, it's always I still have to be an ACDC song, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Hell's Bell. <laughs> so your 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 name would be Hell's Bells, and you'd come out to the ACDC song. Because I'm super creative, and that's that's, hey, what that's I okay. That's okay. But, yeah, you yeah. got it quicker than most people. Most people sit there. We're like, can we come back to the question? It's like, no, you got to do it right now. <laughs> All right, we'll do a couple more here. All right. Um, if you were at color. Um, any color in a Crayola box, I and mean, you could do the big like 128 or the 64, or whatever. What color would you be and why? Hmm. I like Periwinkle because it says wink in it, so I always <laughs> like to, you know, hey, what's up? Periwinkle. There you go. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> I'm okay with that answer. Um, I'm a little silly at times. So. Hey, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So it'll be Periwinkle <laughs> in the back. Periwinkle. It was really funny. Last time we asked that question, somebody was like, man, I have to look at the, he gave me a number on the box. And I was like, they make, oh, that, I was like, they make that many crayons now? Like it was some absurd <laughs> number. I was like, I just remember having like the little, like you were the cool kid with the little 64 pack and it had yeah. a little sharpener in the back and everything in school. Oh yeah. I was like, how do they carry all that now? 
It was the sun. Yeah, right. So, what was your favorite Power Ranger growing up? I had never seen them. What? Nope. You were not a Power Ranger I know person? Not a Power Ranger person, no. Oh, I think I think it was just right after okay. me. Is you know, my that time, that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I miss I miss the Power Rangering. All right, what about right? comic books? Are you a comic book person? <laughs> I like my um Archie comics. Uh, right. well, you're supposed to be able to answer this next one. Okay. Who's winning in a fight? Batman or Spider Man? And why? I I think Spider Man. Okay. Um because Batman has to depend on a lot of toys, a lot of tricks. That is true. Sometimes things malfunction. Um he might have some protective gear. Mm-hmm. But I mean Spider Man, he's unlimited spider webs. So That's true. I mean he could just he can I I'm I'm going Spider Man. Alright, good deal. And then if you can give yourself mm-hmm. one superpower that isn't strength, what would it be? I would say hmm, teleportation. Teleportation. That's actually a really good one. I'm actually waiting for that to be the next thing. That like we have these little yeah. like, tubes that you just stand into. Yeah. And it just zips you to wherever you got to go. I mean, it's there's so many things of... I want to see and experience, and, you know, it's just, right. it takes time to get places. I mean, it's gonna, it's, <laughs> I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah, right? It's going to eventually put all these other things out of, uh, out of business, but I'm okay with it. If I can get right. there within, right. like, two minutes, we're good. Sure. All right. Yeah. So for those who have been listening and all that, they want to find you, they want to find what you're about, um, who you work with, sponsors, businesses, etc. where can people find you, and who do you want to plug? Plug time for you. Man, I work at two awesome gyms. My uh, my main gym is at Athletes Arena. I was just going to ask if you were still at Athletes, Athletes Arena. Yes, I am. Um, and again, that was, you know, I never really had formal personal training yeah. um, kind of education. Um, my education was, was working with people, working with Shane and yeah. Josh Ortega at, at Athletes Arena. I'm, I'm forever grateful for their, their guidance and their tutelage. Um, but I, I, I mostly work at Athletes Arena nice. in Irmo. Um I also work at a commercial gym. It's called Fit 413. So I get the best of both worlds of having the private sector and then also commercial gym. That's awesome. Um, so I see all sorts of people when I'm with my clientele. From, yeah. you know, I have a, a kid that, you know, had a traumatic brain injury, and then I also have, you know, a lady that's in her 70s. You know, so I, awesome. I'm, I train all sorts of people. Um, let's see. I would like to plug um, play again. I use it every. I drink it every day. Yeah. I I really think it's a supplement that I have actually noticed a difference, and I'm. For those who don't know, you know what it is, what what is playing it? I know what it is, but. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. Hyaluronic acid. Your body naturally makes it, but you know we put our bodies under enough stress that you know it's not really enough. Um, so it's just a supplement to help with recovery and you know inflammation. And I'm Absolutely. downing it a lot these days with the hip surgery. So. I can only imagine. Uh, I, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess uh, I'd also like to just thank you, know, you know, Ashlyn and, and Judd and, and training with the Godinas and yeah. you know just my my whole path, my whole journey has been, you know, I, I would, a, um, I would a path of gratitude. You know, yeah. you know, just I've had so many fun experiences and met so many cool people that you know 
I mean, I would I, definitely I, say that <laughs> of your coaching experiences, you've got two, like in my top five list, if I had to pick like five coaches that I wanted to work <laughs> with, like two of them at the top of the list you've got to work with and you're very like casual yeah. about it, being, you know, mm-hmm. Paula Quinn and uh, uh, Judd Logan. I just, yeah, yeah you've got, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really cool to oh, see yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I guess just um, just everybody. You're just like try something new. It, it's it's it's. I never thought I would be good in the Highland Games, and, yeah. and it's it's taken me places I never imagined. And you know, I've met some really interesting people, and and made some lifelong friends. You know, that absolutely. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So then, Instagram. Where can they find you? Instagram. Inside? Um, I am Adri Sue, A-D-R-I-S-U-E. So find me there, follow me, comment. Uh, I haven't really posted a whole lot lately just because I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> so yeah. you might see a lot of my dogs and That's me sitting okay. on the couch kind of thing. <laughs> I think, um, I think uh, dog posts make up about 90% of Instagram. <laughs> and I will always uh, double tap on a dog or a cat video. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Then you'd enjoy my wife's account. That's what she, I think it's in her, like her handle, like description. It's like mostly, mostly posts about dogs and food. Like there's yep. nothing dogs wrong with that. All right, Adrian, thank you very much for being on. Um, we'll post all of your links and stuff like that down in the show notes on this. Um, we, I appreciate your time. Like I said, this is really cool to finally get to do this. I know we've crossed paths a couple times, but yeah. we've never actually sat and just chatted about stuff. And you've got one of the coolest journeys through strength athletics that I've heard of. And I just wanted people to hear about it. So thank you very well, much. Stay for being tuned. On. It's not over yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Strength Agenda Radio. Be sure to visit strengthagendaradio.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover exclusive offers and resources for our listeners. Until next time, train hard, lift heavy.